What is good, everybody? John here. So today we've got a very, very special edition of Ringside. Over the the last few years, since I've kind of gotten back into wrestling, um, you know, was it was it for those of you who are kind of new to the show? Uh, I used to love wrestling when I was a kid, specifically WWE. Um, and when I you know, over the years, kind of fell off. But in recent years, kind of found my way back to it, uh, kind of found my love for it again. Um, and throughout the last couple of years, uh, in the most random of places, uh, I've created some really cool friendships um, via wrestling, but also via some other some other things we have in common. So today on the show, uh, we have a very, uh, very good friend of mine, uh, Fernando Segal, who is uh, a, a a fellow wrestling fan. Who we didn't know that when we first met each other. We actually, uh, it was he's a, a brilliant playwright. He resides in New York. He's a a native from Brazil. Uh, I don't know if I said that correctly. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, so anyway, well, and I'm sure we'll talk about uh, more of his uh, his body of work, what he's up to. Um, but yeah, we we met a few years back doing uh, I was in a, a reading of one of his plays uh, was called a staged reading. Um, and yeah, we, we kind of met through there virtually uh, and just kind of kept in touch since then. Um, and it was really interesting being in both the theater worlds and the wrestling world. Uh, it's a very, very nice circle there. So anyway, I'm talking enough. So let me go ahead and welcome my guest, Fernando. Yeah, welcome welcome to the show, Fernando. I mean, it's it's so great to have you. Uh, we've been trying to do this for a long, long time, I feel like. We have. Um, but uh, I, I, I just think that uh, uh, my thing was that I don't think there's a lot of people who are into theater and wrestling, even though theater kind of is wrestling. And I think that one day I just like, we were already friends, but I think you posted something that I think was like about Roman Reigns, maybe. Yeah. It's like at the height of the, um, right. Reigns. And I was like, oh my God, he likes wrestling. <laughs> and I was <laughs> like, can we talk about that more? And the. Uh, right. It's such a weird thing, right? Like just being, having this interest that like, for as popular as it is, even now, it's still so like when you if you tell someone who's not into wrestling, you tell them that you're into wrestling. There's always that like, well, why? Like, you know, it's not real. It's like that. That's yeah. not the point. Right. Um, And yeah. it's it, it's it's scripted. It's not it's not that it's fake, but it's scripted. Right. right? Um, But yeah, I mean, and you and I really bonded over that kind of sentiment uh, that uh, wrestling kind of is it's like professional like sports entertainment is its own form of theater i mean there's character work there's movement Absolutely. there's choreography yeah. there's promos are just monologues you monologues, know yeah. I, I dare an actor to one day bring to an audition a promo from a, a famous wrestler i think that would be great if i ever saw that i was like yes hi <laughs> <laughs> you hear to hear folk you hear, hear first folks actors out there if you're ever auditioning for one of Fernando's shows. <laughs> and I'll say, I, I was raised in Brazil, and wrestling is, like, not a thing at all in Brazil. So I just always assumed that people wouldn't know what it is. Like, most people in Brazil don't even really know what it is. Nowadays, it changed. I feel like in the last five or six years, people kind of know what WWE is. But still, like, and we have, like, a couple of Brazilian wrestlers now. We have, like, Ty Conti, who was at yeah, NXT yeah. and then at AEW. But I... And I think there's another guy who might be at NXT, like very early developmental, but it's still, it's like, it was not a thing at all. And, uh, and the only reason why I came across it was because for some reason, the ECW reboot, which everyone says is yeah. terrible, was 
aired on FX in Brazil because they have FX over there. And for some reason, that was the only show they aired. And one day I saw it and I was like, this is pretty cool. And I, obviously I was like 10. So I thought it was real. hundred percent. These guys are superheroes right. or whatever. So, so, so totally. I got really, Yeah. And I don't even know why the only show, like that's the only thing that was shown in Brazil. And nowadays, I don't even know if any of it is televised nowadays there, but for like two or four years, they had ECW's reboot. That's so, that's so interesting. Like I, because I mean, in just in Latin American culture, like in you know in Mexico and you know other right. places, just you know the the luchadores are so like uh, it's just such a big thing. Like wrestling, I feel like is so big in so many areas of of Latin America. Um, uh, so it's just interesting that Brazil it was kind of not really a thing there. Um, I mean, I guess you know, but what's what's popular? soccer? I assume F football. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> I didn't want to sound like a stereotype, but it is true that like. Football, soccer is 90% of the sports that are watching. And then there's like a little bit of volleyball, a little bit of UFC, and that's kind of it. We don't really look that's at so any of the sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. In that, don't, I hate when that happens when we're like, I hate to sound like a stereotype, but yeah. like, you know, it's like me anytime I'm like, oh, what'd you have, what are you having for lunch? I'm like, rice and beans. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say it, but it's kind of true. Um, yeah, no, that's interesting. Uh, I remember I got into it years and years and years ago. Uh, it just, like a lot of other folks, there was a, a tío who was watching it, an uncle who was watching it, and I probably shouldn't have watched it. Uh, it was back in the 90s, so, you know, it would have okay. been kind of the, the Attitude right. Era. Probably something I shouldn't have seen, Val Venus getting his his wang chopped off, you know, or whatever. Right. <laughs> choppy, choppy. Yeah, choppy. Is. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That that was I for whatever reason that's like the one thing I remember from when I was a kid. That's how you know it was just ingrained in my memory. But uh, but yeah, I mean, looking back now, I mean, just going back and rewatching, um, it is it's it's really cool. Like, I mean, there's a reason kids are are drawn. We're drawn to it as kids because they are like these larger than life hero and villain characters. Yeah. Um. But uh, I, do, I do think that over the past like 10 years, WWE has gone like harder onto like a child friendly audience, which for a few years I was like, why are they doing this? Because I was like yeah. a teenager then, a late teenager. But uh, now I feel like they really found kind of like a sweet spot where they get a little bit of everything. Right. And I mean, even though I, I just strictly due to time, um, uh, I, I really only watch. Uh, mainly WWE things. I, I try and keep up with what's going on elsewhere. Um, but I mean, yeah, I got to shout out the promotions like like AEW, like right. you know the the revived TNA that are you know right. When I, when I, I more... haven't seen any of it, but I heard the last pay per view just now, Hard to Kill. I think was actually yeah. really good. I heard, it was... I heard it was awesome. Yeah, I didn't watch it. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can check out a few matches online. Um, but I mean, yeah, when all these, it's like, there's such a big boom in wrestling right now. I feel like yeah. it's, it's a really fun time to be a fan. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, you know, kind of a nice segue. It's kind of one of the, our favorite times of the year, because uh, one thing, another thing we've really bonded over is our favorite pay-per-view premium live event. Uh, the Royal Rumble is right around the corner. Um, I know you said it's your favorite, uh, PLE. Which I, I think is a lot of people's favorite, just because like it's such a unique event. We're like, you know, yeah. well, I will say that when it's bad, and you've had a few bad ones in the last 10 years or so, it's it's almost like heartbreaking. But when it's yeah. good, it's like, ah, oh, perfect. <laughs> right. It's like there's, yeah, I feel like there's, 
what I think why people get so excited about it, at least why I get so excited about it is because when it's, a, when there's, when there's a surprise, like it, it can go so many different ways. Like they can be funny. They can be super heartfelt. Like, I mean, um, I, I go back to the 2020, you know, the, the return of edge right. and how like, I still, like, if I go back and watch that clip of him being, you know, called into the ring, I still get a little emotional because I'm like, oh my gosh, he was never supposed to come back. <laughs> yeah. But a you're great right. Royal Rumble surprise is like, there are so many of them that are like, whenever I see them, they give me kind of chills. Even like, I remember I wasn't a TNA guy, so I didn't really know way Jake Style was when he debuted right. at Royal Rumble. But it, still, I remember watching it and getting like, such strong chills from seeing him come in. I didn't even know who he was, but everyone was like selling, like, oh my God, AJ Styles. And, right. and I was like, wow, this is amazing. And I have like right. never seen him wrestle ever. And like things like that are just yeah. best of the year. And you pick up the energy around the, the people around you. Like you see everyone or like the people in the you watch on the audience, like you see how how affected they are by it. And just like, oh my gosh. But yeah, you're right. When it's when it's bad, it's like really bad. Um yeah. So uh, I wanted to ask, I want, uh, sorry, I think I lost my notes here. Okay, here we go. Um, all right. Well, I do want to ask you, um, if you had to pick, I know this is a very, very hard question, or maybe not in the last, if we're thinking just the last 10 years, <laughs> um, if you had to pick three of your favorite rumbles, men or women, um, sure. what what do you think, if you had to pick, what would they be? Okay. I have a little bit of a, a cheat sheet here, just so I don't get the years wrong. Oh, that's all right. I will say I I did I have seen every single Royal Rumble ever. There was a I'm... point, I think in 2011, when they were doing the 40 man Royal Rumble. Yeah, that's right. But I was like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna bench all the Royal Rumbles before oh that, and I did. Some of them were rough, but some of them were actually quite good. And I wanted to sound like a bit of a smarty pants and right. go like. A couple not so well known, no one. So I was gonna start off with um, knowing the Ric Flair one in nineteen ninety two. Oh, I okay. It was a lot of fun. And when I was watching those as a kid, I didn't really know who would win them. And it had the whole thing where it was for the WWE Championship, and he was coming in number three. And the whole time, the commentators. Now, now I'm not gonna sound so smart because I forgot which one is the specific commentator. Just keep You're saying. Good. This is not fair to Flair the whole time because he comes in at, like number three and people mm -hmm. keep beating him up the whole whole way through so uh that's a fun rumble that i really liked and uh was it bobby heenan was it that it was yes okay there we go exactly hey, thank you it was 100 percent bobby heenan um <laughs> another i actually really like the 40 man royal rumble which a lot of people nowadays say it was terrible but for some reason i feel like that might have been the last year what i 100 percent thought the wrestling was like more real than not real and everything was like i don't even know why i just have like such a fond memory of that rumble and you have like cm punk leading the nexus at the yeah. time they like were bossing around most of it i have never rewatched it and a lot of people say that like it drags and they never did a 40 man i mean they did a 50 man rumble in, in saudi arabia <laughs> 40 man again and uh, so I don't think people look at it very kindly, but for me, I don't know. I remember having, it was like the height of my childhood, WWE. Right. And, um, and last but not least, I'm actually going to go with the, both the men and women's Royal Rumble of 2018, which one yeah. was won by Shinsuke and Asuka. That was yeah. a great Rumble. And um, 
I was really into NXT when at the height of NXT, and then I got really depressed when WWE kind of killed it. But now right. I heard it's back. I heard NXT is really good now again. I, I want to go back to it. I don't yeah. know if you've been seeing it or not, yeah, but I heard I've great been, things. I've been checking out. I I, I kind of tune in really more toward the 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 PLEs. Um, so whenever they have a, a big event, uh, I'll go in and I'll kind of catch up with like what's going on. Um, but yeah, I mean. NXT is good, right? It's yeah. it's really really good right now. Um, I heard it's really good. Yeah, yeah. There's a few folks, and like it's been cool because I feel like even when they're bringing, like if they if they're sending main roster folks down there right now, it's like not. Right. It almost doesn't. Back in the day, I feel like we would have been like, oh, they're being kind of like demoted. Yeah. But now, like they're doing some of their best work down there, you know, helping right. out the these younger talent. Um, and then they come back to the main roster and they're like better than ever. So, uh, it's been it's been really cool to see, um, just NXT kind of become a third brand as opposed to just like developmental, which is I assume kind of you know, like I said, when the height of NXT, you know, the original like black and gold. I I I, can't, I I wasn't quite back into wrestling yet at that time, so I, I kind of missed out on the on the rise of a lot of the big. Did you stars see that there. Survivor Series, which is probably my favorite Survivor Series ever, which was SmackDown Raw and NXT competing and NXT won. It was like this insane thing at the time. I, it was like Vince let this happen. What? Why? <laughs> it was, it was um, such a strange event. Like NXT won most of the matches, and they were like treated like top guys against SmackDown and Raw. I think that was 2019 maybe 2019 or i think that that's what what year it was but still i was like yeah and that that's the, well, the yeah, same reason yeah. why that's my favorite rumble was because nxc had this history of having like really creating really great characters and then they when they would go to wwe they would for some reason be completely destroyed or ruined and it happens right. so many times and it was like so upsetting to anyone who liked nxc i think it was just like heartbreaking right but on the year when you had shinsuke and asuka who were like treated as amazing stars in NXT. I mean, Asuka was undefeated at the time because she had like mm -hmm. this huge run on NXT. Right. She never lost. And then having a Rumble, which literally these two great wrestlers were didn't seem to be like average WWE kind of wrestlers were giving mm -hmm. those big spots. And I think on the men's Rumble, they had like a moment which was like the old generation against the new generation or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jordan, John Cena, Rey Mysterio versus uh, Roman Finn Balor and Shinsuke, and I was just like, "Yes, give me more of that." You know, right. bring new um, guys in. Have you seen Shinsuke's uh has his latest uh heel turn? I did. I have. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I've, I'm liking what he's doing right now. Um, his last man standing match with uh with Seth Rollins was was, was awesome. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was really good. I'm I glad never got to see him on a uh, New Japan, but I hear that he was amazing in there. And a lot of what he's doing now almost calls back to a character he had in New Japan, which yeah. was supposed to have gone really well. So I'm like, I'm glad. Again, I think there's never been a better time to be a wrestling fan right now, both because you have so many different mediums to watch from and to choose right, from, right. but also because I feel like Hunter Triple H lets people have more freedom and yeah. more, which is great. It's like yeah. It's been, it's been super cool. Yeah, I, uh, I've been thinking about. I've been rewatching some of the rumbles, um, as much as I can, at least. Uh, and a couple of my favorites that I've, uh, I've been thinking about has been, um, back in, uh, in two thousand. Uh, the winner that year was was The Rock, uh, and that was, I believe, that was the one, uh, where we had, um, too cool come out and they did their dance in the middle of the yes. <laughs> in the middle of the rumble yes. 
<laughs> Rikishi was killing it that yeah. in that and then Rikishi, Rikishi just like chose them all uh, yeah. right yeah. after something. I think that, that's what happens. Yep. That's, that's a really good moment. Yeah. Yeah. Really uh, so that was a that was a really fun moment from that one. Um, I do. I have to go with 2006 when Rey Mysterio goes coast to coast oh, from number right. two. Yeah, I actually, I actually, I, I almost said that instead of the forty man Royal Rumble. That one is just such a, uh, you know, I know that was like, ugh. and uh, y'all can't see it because uh, this is an audio podcast. But my, Fernando is wearing his Latino Heat shirt yeah, right now. Right um, so yeah, I mean, oh man, I remember being a kid and and they they had that whole episode when we, you know, after after Eddie died. So um, just like. How heartbreaking. And then they had this whole storyline with Ray, you know, making it all the way to WrestleMania in honor of Eddie. So that was a just for the emotional. Again, goes back to the theatrics and the dramatics of it, right? Um, although that was from a very real place. Uh yeah. but yeah, it was a yeah, just because of that. You're gonna though, have to do a lot of writing there. It was like uh, let him win and you're gonna right. have a great moment, and they did. Right. Um so that was a that was a really really great one. I don't know, if I had to pick a third, I go back and forth because the uh, the very next year, the Undertaker wins in the 07 Rumble and has that like amazing match with Shawn Michaels at the end of it. So I go between that, and I know it's pretty recent, um, but I also go with uh, the the 2020 Rumble. Uh, I do like. I, I thought that was that rumble was a lot of fun with just Brock Lesnar throwing everyone out. Oh um, right, that one was such a good one. That and was, then, of course, yeah. we talked about the return of the return of Edge. I think Drew McIntyre won that year. Um, so that was a that was a really good one. Uh, and honestly, I for the women's rumbles. I mean, I think the last two years have been like. I mean, in 2022, they, it was their rumble. Like I did not, I didn't really like the, we'll get into it more, but I didn't like the 2022 rumble. That was like an almost laziest thing you can possibly do rumble, (laughs) especially with the mentor. I remember talking to you about it, I think. Right. And we were were both just like upset, (laughs) especially when we had, we just had such a good Royal rumble, even though the end of that was also kind of lazy because they brought Ronda Rousey in um, to win, uh, which was like, once she came out, you're like, okay, I know. I, and the same thing happened in the men's rumble, but at least the, the women's rumble had a lot. It was just a lot more fun to watch. Um, they had a lot more cool spots, a lot more surprise entrance. Um, I can't remember if that was the year that or maybe it was 2020, the year that Vicky Guerrero came out. <laughs> was it, was right. it, Vicky? I, I think she came out for one of them. She did recently. I, I know she did quite recently. I think it might, yeah. be, it might have been 2020. Yeah, and uh, I second. Then twenty twenty two. It just like for me, it felt literally copy and paste because Ronda Rousey yeah. and Brock Lesnar, even though they are like had very different journeys in the WWE, currently, I mean, at the time, they almost felt like you know they symbolize the same thing. The UFC right. guys are, like get treated like gods, and I was oh like, my come gosh. on, I, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I didn't even think of it that way. Wow, um, but yeah, it, yeah that that was a rough that was a rough year. Um, I thought last year's rumbles were solid. Uh, knew Cody was going to win last year, but it was uh, again he had an amazing match with Gunther at the end of the match. So like, right? Yeah, it was almost like Undertaker and the 
Shawn Michaels. They did. Yeah. Gunter was amazing in that role. Did he come in and like one? Did he come in at one? He came, yeah, he went. He came in number one and went like an hour and ten minutes in the in the Rumble. And so if this year, I'm in, I I'm so interested to see what happens this year because I feel like there are so many different different people who could justifiably win yeah. this Rumble, and like yeah. I wouldn't be mad at it. Um. For me, that's what makes the rumble. Like sometimes, like last year, I like last year a lot, but I thought it was kind of obvious that Cody was gonna win, which made me wonder why the hell he came out at thirty. Why didn't you like, like I don't know why they did that. They could have like, and it's Cody. It's not like he can't go one hour wrestling. He could have done right. whatever he wanted. You know, yeah, that was such but, a weird uh, choice. Whenever you really know who's gonna win, which is the case, I would say almost half the time. I'm right. like, oh, okay, well, you know, I'm hoping it's still good. And this year, you have like so many possible wins. They're like safe bets to who could win. Yeah. Um. So, well, I mean, now that we're kind of on the on the topic, do you do you have a favorite for the Rumble? Do you have a pick? I don't know. I feel like if you had asked me two years ago, I would have just said CM Punk because the thought of CM Punk coming back and winning the Rumble after 10 years shoot the day because he left on the 2014 Royal Rumble. Right. Like insane to me. And Punk was my favorite wrestler for so long. Right. He came back wrestling to AEW, which that was like, I was really into AEW for that period. So like there was like two and a half years or so where AEW, and it was a time where WWE wasn't doing that great. Right. And I was like, 100% 100% becoming an AW guy. And then yeah. this past year, and mo- a lot of it because of CM Punk, I felt like AW kind of like went down and W went yeah. up and they almost like <laughs> switched again. Right. Just like, I, I I love so much about him. And like that right. promo, you know, <laughs> that promo in 2012 at that time was, it was almost what kept me being a wrestling fan. Right. Yes. Yes. And, um, but I just, I, I, I hope he has a good run in WWE. I right. think it'd be really nice if they did like the opposite of what they did, they did in that year in 2014. Sure. Where, uh, yeah, where like The Rock and Cena went to the WrestleMania, and so many people were like, maybe it should have been a triple threat. And I feel like it would have been so good if it had been a triple threat. Right. Well, I'm almost like, what if they do this this year? And they have like Reigns against Cody against Punk. And it doesn't even matter who wins. I'd be like, yes, that's amazing. I want to see right. that. Yeah. But, I I don't know, man. Like I, I, I just feel like because especially with all the different storylines they got going on, like I could, I can see CM Punk coming back and you know, like you said, ten ten years to the day reclaiming that glory, main eventing WrestleMania. I could see Cody Rhodes. I know this whole thing. Um, although I don't, I don't think Cody's winning the Rumble. Yeah, I don't think he needs it. I think I don't think he needs it. Um, I think I could see them. Maybe doing a triple threat, Cody Rollins and Punk, but um, oh, that would be so good too. Actually, right? Right. <laughs> um, but I'm like, there's so good. There's no way that we're not. I mean, the 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 chips have been laying out. Like, we're I don't I don't think we're not getting the Rock and and Roman at WrestleMania. Right. right. Oh, oh, oh. Right. I actually, yeah, I I, I was <laughs> even thinking about that. Though I will say. But if they are doing that, I hope they don't have like Rock winning the Rumble so they can make that happen because they don't need that. The Rock can yeah. just come in and say, "I want to face your reigns," and that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I don't think he's winning. Yeah, I don't. I would be surprised if he if he was if he came. I mean, I wouldn't. It, I agree. I agree with everything you just said. I I don't think they need that. 
what I get excited over hearing his music and seeing him in a rumble. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. you know. <laughs> but you're right. I I I I don't think I don't think he's gonna be in the rumble. I think that which is why I'm kind of thinking whoever wins is is gonna challenge Rollins. Um, and Cody Rollins Punk would make sense. I mean, Punk and Seth Rollins would make a lot of sense too. And I think this is what I think. I think I do think CM Punk's gonna main event one of the nights of WrestleMania, but I think he's gonna lose. That's what I think. Yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. like you know everyone gets happy. Punk finally main events one of the nights, but he also lays down to show that he's like a company guy and that you can right. trust him. So. I'm going to take full advantage of the fact that I have someone who writes and tells stories for a living. Um, (laughs) uh, So here's my thing. And I've said this on like, you know, my streams and other episodes that right now, I think they're playing this, this super long game with Cody Rhodes. Like I, I don't, I don't see him winning the rumble. I don't even see him getting the title shot against Roman this year, like this WrestleMania. Um, because I feel like he was so like catapulted for good reason into the, into the, like the top guy status. I feel like the story there is like, he tried and it didn't work out. So now he has to go to the back of the line and literally work all the way through and through um to get that to kind of finish the story right um is it just me am i crazy for thinking that that's kind of how they're approaching it no that sounds that sounds on point i think i think cody is like so many people talk about how he seems to be like one of the only clean 100 percent baby faces guys on wwe right now and in wrestling right now because so many of the characters are kind of like anti-heroes and stuff like that or like in-betweeners and Cody's just like a face face. He's like almost an right. American hero kind of character. And what's strange about that is that characters like that, like, you know, a John Cena or whatever, usually win all the time. Right. And Cody's in a position where like he can take a couple losses and he still maintains this aura about himself. So uh, I think he's here for the long run. I think Cody's going to be for years and years wrestling right. in WWE. And I think I just want to see him wrestle everyone in the possibly you know like i there's right. so many matchups matchups cody could have at wrestlemania they'd be like yes like right. cody gunter or cody and reigns again or cody and punk for no reason if punk didn't win cody and i don't even know gunter's another one i could see winning winning the rumble um and i mean i, I i've loved his intercontinental run like he's gunter's the man i don't think we're talking enough about um wow. the probable winner for the rumble the most dangerous man in WWE, Dirty Dominic Mysterio. <laughs> really? I, I'm out of the, are people really saying that? Because God, I mean, <laughs> no, I, I mean, no, I'm just, I'm just saying that. If Cody's a clean face, then Dominic is the dirtiest heel ever. It's like so impressive how easy it was for everyone to hate him. You know? Oh my God, I'm a, I, I'm a fan. He, he, his whole Judgment Day run, he's complete. I've completely gone 180. I'm all in on. Really Judgment Day, but also uh Dominic Mysterio. Um, so I, I also uh is there is there a, a moment we've talked about moments we've like, you know, rumbles we've loved. We've talked about some rumbles we we didn't we didn't love. Is there like is there a definitive moment that you're like, this is my least favorite moment? I hate that this happened. Okay, so like <laughs> 
There was a three-year period where, for me, the Rumbles all, almost made me... And I think that was a time when I least watched WWE. And I know this is not a specific moment. I just had to... I have a specific moment, but I just had to say this, which is between, like, Rumble 2014, which Batista won, then 2015, when Reyes won, and then 2016, when Triple H won. All three of those, for me, almost killed me, one after the other. Oh, God. <laughs> and I was like, those are... Rough. Like, I mean, Triple H winning the WWE Championship, like, I don't know, I guess it was 50, to set up a match at WrestleMania that no one really wanted to see against Roman. <laughs> Whatever. And then Reigns winning the year before, which everyone knew. And that Rumble has a moment I really hate, which is the fact that Daniel Bryan comes in and everyone wanted him to win the last Rumble, the previous Rumble. And he hadn't, and you have the whole thing WrestleMania 30. But right. everyone was like, this is the Rumble he's going to win. This Rumble is going to win. I don't know if you've seen that match, but he's eliminating like five minutes in. He's like barely in it. He comes oh in and Bray Wyatt throws him out and the audience just like boosts him so, so heavily. Boosts the entirety of the rumble. Like whenever you have one of those, which all three of those had, which is like right. the audience booing the rumble. That's like insane Yikes. to me. You have like in the, the rumble, the Batista one, you have the famous moment, which is Rey Mysterio coming out at number 30. And people boo Ray so much because they really wanted Daniel Bryan to be coming out at number right. three. And I don't think people ever saw, uh, ever booed Ray like that. I I'm know, just, that's so weird. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I wanted to bring a moment that might be a little less talked about, which mm. again, I saw years ago and I never rewatched it. But it's the Rumble that Yoko Suno won in 1993. Did you ever? Oh, wow. See? No, I, have, I haven't gone back to that. I haven't gone back that far yet. <laughs> okay. So as a kid, when I saw it, I remember being so frustrated and I had to like Google about it to make sure that I understood. Because basically what happens is the Yokozuna and Randy Savage are the last two men. And this is like the fifth Rumble, I think. It had been going on for a while. Right. Randy Savage at some point like drops Yokozuna and he goes over the top rope and does his elbow. And then he covers Yokozuna for a pin. And the referee doesn't count, obviously. And Yokozuna just like pushes him up and he goes straight off. From uh, straight over the top row, and that's like how the last man gets eliminated. And the commentators are like, "Pinfalls don't count." And I remember watching that and being like, "What must like, Macho Man was like one of the biggest faces at the time? How could you possibly cheer a guy? They don't even know what the rules of the match is." And I think he had been in the Rumble before too. I don't think that was his first. <laughs> just all of it is so strange that he like literally goes for a cover on Yokozuna, and Yokozuna just like. Pushes him up, <laughs> launches him as a child, and being like, "This doesn't make any sense." Is Macho Man just that stupid? Is that, <laughs> how do people react? And I'm just, I keep thinking, how did people react to that at the time? Like watching that live it was like, sure. and keep cheering for Macho Man for years and years to come. On that point, fencing that live and be like, "Okay, this guy is just the worst wrestler that's ever." What been. the hell are we doing? <laughs> but, uh, that's the moment that still haunts me to this day. I recommend. For anyone listening and to you to watch just the end that moment with final two randy comes for goes for the pin in the royal rumble match and gets eliminated for it and the commentators are like it doesn't count <laughs> watching for an hour and a half because <laughs> you all know this doesn't count yeah that sounds like a very uh like an r-truth or a santino morella thing to do <laughs> to pin right. someone not a macho man randy savage um yeah, uh, I, I talked to you a little bit about it before. Um, in, in more recent years, uh, I mean, just going back to, I'm I'm going to use 2022 because I already talked about it before. Um, Brock Lesnar coming in at number 30 after ha losing his match earlier in the night. Um, 
Okay. I was just like, <sighs> I'm like, what? Why? Like, I know why. Um, and it it was just such like a. All right, I know, I know what's happening, and I know what we're doing, and I don't like it. I'm not happy about it. The whole like, I mean, it is interesting to think about like how Roman Reigns having COVID and not being able to perform at day one kind of changed what WWE has like now looks like. So in retrospect, it's kind of interesting to think about. But man, just watching that rumble, just being like. I, I hate this. I hate, I hate yeah. the ending of this match. Yeah. It's the last thing we see. Um, that was a really, I thought that was a really good WrestleMania that year, but everything building yeah. and leading up to it was like, everything they did with Brock Lesnar, like taking the title from Big E, I was like, what, why though? Why, why would she do this to me? <laughs> <laughs> so pissed. Yeah. Uh, that, and, uh, I mean, would love to see him pop up at the Rumble this year. But, oh know. right! Oh, I hope he does. I hope he does. That'd be incredible. I hope yeah, my guy exactly. comes back. But yeah, and also really bothered me about that him coming out at thirty is that like the Rumble feels like one of the only events where even though the rules are kind of not clear, the whole thing where like you don't need to bring the match, eliminate other people sometimes, and it's like it's okay, I get it. But like I really liked back in the day. I don't think they have been doing that lately. Where like they used to like spin a wheel with the numbers, yeah. like the rest of had to like pick the number, and it was like all random, like. Brock Lesnar wrestled for the title, and then an hour later comes out at number thirty. It's like, how how did that happen? What are the rules? They just like go to Vince and was like, I want to be number thirty, and I was like, someone else already is, and he was like, I don't care, right? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it was such such a random random. Well, I guess not because I know they wanted Lesnar and and Reigns in WrestleMania again, and like whatever. Um, but oddly enough, you're right that that WrestleMania that year was was really really great. So I mean. Can't complain too too much, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think we'll get some some surprise some surprises uh, this year as well. I really hope we do. I hope they've been doing pretty good about not. They're announcing all the big stars who are going to be there, but they're not. They haven't announced like the entire roster that's going to be in yet. So I'm hoping they keep it that way. Yeah, because it annoys the piss out of me whenever they're like they show all thirty entrants and I'm like. Well, I wanted to know. <laughs> I wanted to be surprised. I mean, that's um, my favorite. I, I feel like a geek saying this, but whenever I watch the Rumble, the latest Rumbles, when the like the timer is about to hit zero, I always like close my eyes just so I can listen to the song and like. Oh yeah. It's just like whenever that song hits and it's a surprise, like yes, I do think we should have some surprises, and I mean, I would. My dream is to have like more intersections between. Uh, WWE, AEW, and TNA. Yeah. Like, the year that Mickey James, when was that? Was that last year? The show? That was, was no, maybe. That was, that was 2022. Right. And which was, yeah. That was a, a great, good year. But that, they are coming out with the title. At the time, I remember it was like, this is insane. This has never happened before. This right. opened a brand new door and like never happened again. Nothing like that happened again. Yeah. Like, I wonder why. I mean, I, there's so many WWE folks that premiered, uh, that debuted at, uh, at, hard to kill over the weekend um so Dolph Ziggler Nick Nemeth he's over there yeah. now um what's her name uh I can't remember her name I don't really see it's also the pay-per-view so yeah yeah I, I knew Dolph. Yeah. 
but there's a, there's a few there's a few folks that that popped up over there. So it'd be kind of cool to see Santino's over there. I would love to see him pop up. Right, right. Well, I think I think Andrade is gonna be there because right. apparently. I I don't know if he has like some clause, but I don't think AW works for like the the non compete clauses. I don't think they do. But I do know that Andrade is supposedly done with WWE and given that with AW and given that Charlotte, you know, is like his right. wife, I would imagine he he be there, and which I'm down for. He's he's great. You know who I would love to to make one more Rumble appearance. I know they won't. I know they won't. But you know who I would really love. It's my favorite surprise entrance of every every year. That I ever watch, Gold Dust. <laughs> that I, would be awesome with Cody too. With I love every time Gold Dust comes out. Gold Dust is one of my favorite, just favorite characters out of WWE. They're so ridiculous. Um, for those of you who don't know who Gold Dust is, I'm not even going to tell Missing you. Out. <laughs> just go, yeah. Just just go go on TikTok, go on YouTube, go look up some. Uh, keep in mind Goldust was a product of his time right. um, and some of the like the whole stuttering thing like that's again take it take everything with a grain of salt it's a product yeah. of his time yeah <laughs> but damn I, it, I, <laughs> it I recommend looking at um, this one year period I think where he went by the artist formerly known as Goldust do you know about this and he came yeah. he went out almost always very different like he would always have like kind of a different gear that would just get more and more outrageous every time it would come and some of them is like what what were they thinking it's like right. what <laughs> what the, the, was this thing forced to do this this thing why would he there's no way he agreed to do that like out of kindness i mean it's just it's just so strange yeah i but, but yeah. that's that's always my my uh my dream i would love to see um but yeah i can i i think we I don't know. I, I hope we see some. I would like to also see some more cross promotion, especially for the folks I, who have been in both yeah. like WWE and elsewhere. You know, yeah. I feel like I like to see Jade Cargill debut at the Rumble. I mean, what are they waiting for? Why is she just she just pops up dressed really well with like looking great and it's like, well, yeah, but when is she gonna? You know, did you hear uh, wrestling parts? <laughs> did you hear that 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 good that good smack? Uh, Triple H was talking about. Uh, uh, I think it was one of the press conferences when they were asking about the debut of Jay Cargill. And he was like, you know, she's uh, working in the performance center. Uh, you know, she was she was limited in what she was able to do uh, because she'd never gotten this type of training before. And I was like, damn, Triple H, he, he, why don't you say say what you really feel? <laughs> Basically saying like she no one taught her anything over there. Um, so no, I, I I get that. I, I saw most right. of her run at AEW. And the, the thing is, she, they just treated her kind of like Goldberg at WCW. Right. Like she had really short, very dominant matches and right. everyone just loved it. That's why she became a star, you know? And I was right. like, I mean, um, I hope she can do that, but I don't think they need to. I feel like they can totally bring her in and give her like a monster run where she just right. like, you know, does whatever she wants and doesn't need to have that long matches. I mean, right. if she knows how to wrestle more and more, Good for her, but it's like I just want to see her debut. I thought she was. I don't think you have. I mean, Nia Jax was like her for a little while, but it's hard to see like women wrestlers were just like absolute monster heels or faces or whatever. And that's yeah, what we, Jane was. Right. Yeah, we need more of that. I want. I want to see a big monster run. Um. So speaking of Nia Jax, she, I don't know if you caught her her match with Becky Lynch. 
uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, she, dare I say, she's kind of been killing it since her. Yeah, uh, I saw some highlights. I want to. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I was. Uh, I was one of the people who I kind of wanted to hate on her a little bit, but since she's been back, I'm like, wait, she's she's killing it. Yeah, I'll see what's. I going heard on. she's doing good. I heard a lot of. I heard Becky's like being very nice not nice but it's like i i i just there was like this end of the year list from someone i don't remember where it was but like one of the best things of the year were like becky giving back to like other women wrestlers throughout 2023 and i'm like that's yeah. great i'm glad she did i mean i i think it's yeah. the same thing becky is- had one of my favorite matches of last year her cage match with trish stratus right that was really good that just was such a good am- amazing work um so uh, as we're kind of uh, as we're kind of coming to the to the end of this uh, this conversation, um, yeah. So I'm very much looking forward to the rumble. Uh, but yeah, I kind of wanted to go back to what we were talking about. Just this like weird little inner circle of uh, of wrestling and and theater, uh, because it's my understanding that for you, this you and I becoming friends like this isn't the first time um, this uh, wrestling and theater have kind of uh the world's collided right i i think you said you had just this buck wild story <laughs> yes well i actually i do think you were the first one maybe you might i do think you might have been the first one that mm. i was like oh my god and this past year actually my, my girlfriend goes to atlanta is going to atlantic acting school and she actually has like three friends there who are really into wrestling and i'm i'm, I'm so excited because i literally have never watched the royal rumble with like people who are really into wrestling before. oh that's so cool time. i'm so excited about it so i do think they exist and because wrestling is really popular nowadays it's becoming bigger and bigger and i would recommend to anyone theater people are not to read the play, the elaborate entrance of Chet Dady. Mm. Have you read that play? Do you know that play? No, I, 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 it's on my list. It's on my list. You, so you've actually, I think you told me, but I think you gave me the original you recommendation. You would love it. It's like, I, I had the opportunity to meet the playwright once and he, and I, I was wearing this t-shirt when I met him on last year. Oh, I wow. Into, but I was really into wrestling <laughs> as much as I was into playwriting. And he's the, Christopher Diaz, he's doing really well for himself. He did the, he did a, the Alicia Keys musical. That's right. That's going oh, to grow. Yeah. That's it. But uh, that's his first big play, and it's kind of about Chavo Guerrero's life on WWE, and you have a character that is like 100% Vince McMahon and a character that is like 100% The Rock, and it's a great oh, wow. play. And the play, I never got to see it, but apparently the stage was just the ring, pretty much, mm-hmm. and they would actually wrestle. Like, if you ever get the chance to see the tree the play, there's like all these moments where like he explains wrestling moves and the best way to do them so the actors can do it. So it's been out there. It has existed before. But uh, the story I have to tell is that I, uh, I'm finishing out my master's at Columbia in playwriting. And on our first year, we had the best class that I've ever had with a master playwright, Lynn Nottage, who has two Pulitzers. And she did this thing, which was every couple of weeks, she would take us to see something that was theater, but not really theater. So she would take us to see like... she took us to see the Times Square Church, which was like a big event and like a freak show in Coney Island. And like all these things are kind of like theater, but not really. And at some point she was like, we're gonna see wrestling. And every year we go see wrestling and every class always says it's the best. It's like, it's the best year round of all the places they go to see. Wrestling is always the best thing. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> wrestling was the two, th- 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 do they know? Like when she goes to events, like this uh, arguably greatest playwright of her time, like go see right. wrestling year. But uh, what happened was 
she would always take people to see this wrestling event that I never heard about. But uh, oh my god, I think that was my cat. I'm sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> but uh, she would take people to see this event on Times Square that I never heard of, which is like almost always the same performance with like characters that are really like types. And uh, it's just like it is a tourist show. Just for, like doesn't have storylines really. Doesn't it's just a thing to see once and be good with it. And that's what she always did. But this was 2021, right after COVID. So this thing that she would always take people to wasn't happening. Like it wasn't right. going on. So she had to find another wrestling adventure tickets. And the only one that she found in New York was from this indie wrestling promotion called, I think, oh, GCW, you know? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Moxley was the champion there for like a year. It's like they, they have some big names. But that's where she took us to see. And the thing is... It's a very violent, like kind of hardcore <laughs> and very indie promotion, which she really sure. don't think she was expecting. So she like took these 10 playwrights to go see this very indie <laughs> wrestling show in Queens. I was the only one who knew anything at all about wrestling. <laughs> and uh, Zach, Matt Cardona, Zach Ryder was there and he lost oh, his cool. title there. And like for most of it, people were like having a really good time. It's like indie wrestling, especially like that usually has like a lot of flippy moves and a lot of like over the top moves to attract sure. people. Like the first couple matches, everyone was like, this is wrestling. This is crazy. I would watch that any day. Cause it's just like wrestlers. People don't really know. So they have to do crazy stuff. But then at some point they had this match, which I, I didn't know any of the two wrestlers. Now I know one of them who's a uh, Nick Gage, you know, Nick Gage He's like this very, very violent guy. who has been in jail for him. Like a, he's a friend of John Moxley's I heard, but he's like, I think he's like 50 now, but he's like, one of the most hardcore, violent, grotesque oh boy. kind of wrestlers there are. And he had like a no disqualification match with this guy who I don't even remember the name of, but it was also a very indie guy who was kind of the same. And he just like ruined each other. And all my classmates started to like slowly leave and be like, can I go away? Right. <laughs> I don't really want to see Triggered, 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 triggered. And then everyone left except for me and her watching these two men like throwing each other on like glass tables and stuff and i was like oh my god and i went to lynn and i was like you can leave me alone if you want and go home but she was like i'm just worried because like this is a school trip or whatever and i just didn't want to leave you alone <laughs> the setting that i now realize is way more hardcore and sketchy than i thought it was gonna be <laughs> and i was like no no please do, do, do. and she did end up leaving so the rest of the night, and it was really nice. The main event was like Minoru Suzuki, which is like this huge Japanese wrestler. So I was like, I had a great, great time watching it. But then the next week, when we met again for class, she was like, yeah, so I didn't really know. Lynn was like, I don't really know what the event was going to be like. I didn't know we're gonna two grown men basically destroy each other. <laughs> Attempting to murder each other on <laughs> in the ring. I was hoping to do. I should have looked into it a little bit more. But uh, at the same time, I was still like, that was one of the best nights of my life. I just, the thought of being next to this playwright, seeing some great wrestling, because some of it was actually really, really good. The, yeah. Fox uh, was now really big on AEW, had a match mm. with him. Amazing. So some of it was really, really good. And uh, I don't know, it was just a very crazy experience. And the fact that the way this class works, that we would see things that are theater, but not theater, and then write something out of it, like whatever came out of it. So seeing all these people writing short plays that were kind of about wrestling after was like, this is great. Wrestling is theater. This yeah. lady who might be the greatest American playwright today said so. So right. I mean, who are we to argue with, with Lynn Nottage? Right. Um, I mean, man, that is, that is such 
Fernando, that's such an incredible story. <laughs> I just, I, I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine <laughs> watching, like, already taking a class with Lenata just is mind blowing to me. Um, congratulations for, on for me you know, as well. And it yeah. is, it was like best class I've ever had with um, in time of my life. <laughs> oh my god, I can imagine. Uh, congratulations. I know you're finishing up your master's, so uh, yeah, Thank absolutely. You. Congratulations on that. Um, but just like the the amount of like brain just melting of i'm taking this class with this you know you know pulitzer prize winning playwright in you know taking a class of this thing i want to do and we're going to see this thing i love and just that's that just blows my mind um but yeah i mean so i you know for those who haven't been listening for you know however long I've been doing the show. Um, yeah. So I, my, my background in theater, uh, I'm, a, I'm an actor and a musical theater performer. Um, and, you know, when you think musical theater, when you think theater in general, you know, some people might have the, the idea that it's all, it's all tap dancing and, you know, God knows whatever else we do. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, wearing clown makeup for, you know, I've heard before. Um but yeah, I mean, just looking at what these because I mean they're they're performers, they're actors, that they're like they're stunt they're like stunt actors. We're watching performing stunts and telling stories, and um, sometimes they're funny, and sometimes we're like surprisingly emotional. So I mean, yeah, uh, I'm. So you kind of said that in this class, you when you did that when you went to that event, like you had to kind of write something, um, you know, kind of out of one of those experiences uh has just your general interest or, or love of wrestling kind of influenced anything or how you've approached any of your works before um absolutely i think again i would write a play about wrestling but i do feel like the elaborate entrance of chat Dady is so good and it does so much that right now i don't know if i want to do that and ironically right after i saw this thing which had zach Ryder, matt cardona in it it was announced that he was doing a wrestling musical. Zack Ryder was. Yeah, yeah. And actually, what? I almost went see it. But in the end, it was in New Jersey. They had, like, tryouts in New Jersey. And, like, they, uh, I had an opportunity to get comp tickets for it, but I ended up not going. But they had, like, a full-blown... I remember, I imagine... What was it called? Let me see if I can find its name. But, like, they really wanted to do a wrestling musical for Broadway. And I don't... Th and Zack Ryder was, like, one of the actors in it. But, uh... I don't think it got picked up, unfortunately. But uh, oh, oh, the last here. match, if yeah. anyone's wondering, the last match. That's a musical, full-on musical that uh, almost happened with Zack Ryder starring in it. I, I guess he sings. I don't know. <laughs> sure, but, uh, why not? <laughs> so I have always like been a little scared of doing it for theater. But with that said... I did take a lot of television writing classes at Columbia because playwrights often go to Columbia and I did write a full on show about wrestling, which also I do think they have, you have a TV show about wrestling, which I've never seen. It's called heels. I think, you know, was the so, yeah. Heels. Um, he I know a few years ago, glow was on Netflix. Oh, yeah, and glow, um, yeah, glow. And actually Christopher Diaz who wrote a library entrance did write for glow. He was oh. like, I was just listening to um, Chavo Guerrero. He did a a, a, a podcast interview recently um, on the Chris Van Vliet show. And he was talking about, you know, how Christopher Diaz, you know, 
he told Chavo like, "Hey, I kind of wrote this play about you," and um, they met through there, and that's how he eventually got uh, um, the Iron Claw, which was I don't know if you got a chance to see that. I haven't seen it yet, but it must be so good. I really did. You see it? I, I have. Um, bring a bring a tissue. Bring two. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. If you're like me, at least. I mean, if you know, I I I cry at everything, but <laughs> um. But uh, no, it's and I mean, the wrestling is like legit wrestling in that movie. So, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I think maybe I think maybe go go with your gut on that one. I feel like I, because wrestling's so big right now, I feel like all of the uh, agree. Yeah. The properties uh, out there, uh, the the opportunities are there. And I'm not just saying that because uh, in case you need an actor in anything, but uh... <laughs> uh, I'll let you know for sure. I mean, I'm going to need people there who know what wrestling is for sure. Right. <laughs> I think I agree. The more mainstream wrestling is, and I think in part we have to thank the rock and John Cena for it. who are both like huge actors today and both, you know, were huge wrestlers before that. And Batista too. I yeah. mean, it's, I sometimes joke with my friends who are not into wrestling that and went to acting school. They was like, you know what's an even better acting school? Wrestling. Because right. some of the most highly most highly paid actors in the world today were wrestlers. Not did not go to acting school. Right. <laughs> you gotta connect uh, with that you gotta connect with that audience. Um I think well, there's so many good stories from wrestling too at that. It's like it's kind of I, I someday someone's gonna make a movie about Chris Benoit and I think it's gonna be like, you know. Something. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I get so iffy whenever I, even with just hearing yeah. his name, I'm like, ooh. Um, and I, I know that for a while they were working on a movie, but I think it was more about the, the incident itself yeah, more than they were. Like, and in, in fact, a Brazilian director of all people named Vincente Amorim was directing it. I don't know why he was, <laughs> but he was at some point. There was a period in time. Well, he was going to direct it, and Chris Hemsworth was going to be Chris Benoit. Like, that happened. That was, oh like, gosh. a moment in time. But then what I heard is the family was really against it, which, you know, as they probably ought to be, right. which made the project drop. And I think you need way more time. But I do think that, like, 15, 20 years from now, someone's going to make a very interesting adaptation of that story, I think. Yeah. I, I mean, I would love to see... I mean, just I know they're kind of riding on the the Iron Claw right now. I would I would love to see a uh, an Eddie Guerrero or just like a story about the Guerrero family. Um, yeah, I feel yeah, I think you're right. I think there's so many stories that are just ripe for adaptation. Um, but yeah, I mean, so in so you haven't. I know you say you'd written the show like a kind of a more of a television format. Um, do you find in any of your non-wrestling related works um, that maybe even in writing a monologue you draw from? I mean, because you, I when I when I did your play, um, Saudades, like, I mean, I didn't know you before then, but like getting to know you now, that that play very much feels like your humor, um, and like I I kind of have a better understanding of of it now that I have you know that I know you a little bit. A little bit better um so i'm just curious if that's if that's something that kind of creeps in i don't know if that question makes any sense but <laughs> it does make sense and it definitely creeps in in a place where i would say my theater writing has gotten more and more farcical and my my thesis which is how i get my masters is like a production of a play which is a farce that has a lot of physical comedy comedy in it and i would say that a lot of physical comedy comes from wrestling sometimes like some of the things that people do and i do it's like 
there's this thing which kind of lost in today's world in theater, which is like very heightened, very like clownish kind of comedy where sometimes, you know, you have a clown beating the hell out of another clown and right. it can be very entertaining. I find it can be very funny if done well, if done well. And that, that's something that I draw from. It's, it's nice to like be able to like sometimes write moves, knowing exactly what I would want an actor to right. do on stage. And I do think that comes out of wrestling. And yeah, it's like wrestling is some of the greatest stage combat ever. I remember that once I met this guy who was a stage combat specialist that did a lot of Shakespeare mostly, but he used to teach in a place. He met, I don't remember the story exactly, but he used to teach in a place that a lot of WWE wrestlers would go to. And he like would often work with WWE wrestlers because it's like, yeah, stage combat is a big part of some of theater and no one does stage combat better than wrestlers do. Yeah, I mean... I I, I've I have such a limited, limited, limited experience with stage combat. I, I mean, in college, you know, we've ha I had to take you know a workshop, and I've taken workshops outside of college. There was one show. Um, I was uh, back when I was an apprentice at this theater company. Um, we did a production of Viet Gone by Kui Gwen. Um, brilliant play. Love that play. Um, I, I'm you're, you're not. I'm assuming you're familiar. Yeah, great um, play, great play. I, I, ironic, not ironically, but a sequel just came out. I saw it like a few I months saw. ago. How was that? Yeah, it was really good. A, a yellow, yellow, uh, yellow rednecks or something. I, I don't yeah, quite yellow it, rednecks. It was really interesting. They had like puppets in it and some songs randomly. It was a very insane play that really, yeah. was really good. And it was really like a sequel to it. It was like 20 years after or whatever. Ah, uh, I'll have to. I'll have to see if I can read it somewhere. Um. So it did. So as you know, they have the big, the big ninja fight. <laughs> right. Just in the middle of the, in the middle of the play, they have this anime style ninja fight. Um, and so I was, uh, because I was an apprentice and I was cheap labor. Uh, I mean, it was my technically my first, uh, my first time on a regional production stage, uh, stage production. Excuse me. Um, so I got to do the. I I was one of the one of the ninjas. So we ha I had to take a stage fighting, <laughs> a stage combat course. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's always drawing like on like, okay, if I get hit, I have to, I mean, you have to act like you're getting hit. You have to act like it hurts. Yeah. Um, a concept that's a, a lot harder for actors who, you know, who've never done something like, or ha have observed it. But yeah, I mean, I, I would always like, like, yeah, I mean, they act like they get hurt on, on wrestling. So I'm going to, you know, they get, they, their back raked or something. They're like, oh, you know, um, it's a lot of acting that goes in there. And I mean, so many of the greatest wrestlers, people, people that wrestlers that people say is the greatest ever, are like because they were really good sellers, like Shawn Michaels. Yeah. I was always a huge Dolph Ziggler guy, and I'm so happy that he's getting, you know, going to other promotions because I always thought that WWE at times didn't treat him as they should have. At times they did, but they were right. like periods where they really didn't. I mean, he people he calls himself. I hear this like his nickname on TNA, like the hardest working wrestler or something like that, mm -hmm. and it's like. It's true. He's like, he's really good at his job when it comes to like selling and the acting part of it. And it's so important. One of my favorite sellers right now is uh, uh, Io Sky, Io Shirai, however, however you want to remember her. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, she's just a, a brilliant wrestler, but uh, she, uh, yeah, she is hilarious with every sell. Uh, <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so now that you're, you're, you're back in New York, you just, you've been, listen, y'all. I want y'all, whenever you do listen to us, uh, send out some good vibes for my friend, uh, Fernando, because he 
went from uh, he came back from brazil today the day of this recording uh he flew back into the states and uh made time to to have this lovely little chat with me um so you're you're back in new york uh and i mean i'm just hearing it for the first time too is there anything you got uh you got going on that maybe anyone in new york can uh maybe be looking forward to well absolutely my thesis is going up in april for three performances and hopefully all fingers crossed i'm currently trying to get money for it and investors is going to move to some other theater in the summer and um i'll just talk about it here it does have a lot of physical comedy that involves people sometimes doing almost wrestling related stuff so i i I would like to segue into saying that please do come see it more to come at some point that's probably the big writing project that i'm doing right now and i'm also I'm working at a public theater starting tomorrow. That's part of why I wanted to do this today. I'm getting like a very full schedule for a month and a half working at a play at the public theater as an assistant to a playwright, which is a very cool experience because I really like the playwright, Itamar Moses. But uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I really love theater and I want to work with it in any way possible. And uh, that doesn't mean that I don't, sometimes I have twice applied for a job as a writer at WWE, but have been twice rejected. <laughs> but uh, if that happened, I would change. No, tell my family. They would probably right. like. I can't believe you got a master's in playwriting at Columbia. She go write for WWE. Hey, listen. <laughs> Be like, talk to Lynn Nottage. It's her fault. Listen, <laughs> if Lynn Nottage says it's theater, I, again, who are we? Who are we to argue with it? I love my family, but if if Lynn Nottage told me something, I'd be like, listen, one of y'all is the 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 professional voice in theater and one of y'all isn't. So I'm going to go listen to the one who is, um, well, that's awesome. Well, I, yeah, I mean, please, uh, keep me posted. Uh, I mean, if the, if the timing works out, who knows, I've got family in New York, maybe I'll, maybe I'll swing by. Uh, is there, is there going to be any chance of it being maybe live streamed like via zoom or something? Maybe at some point we'll see. I mean, for these first three performances, a big part of it is just like getting people from the industry ish to see it. Maybe throw money at it, which right. would be nice if they did. But uh, right. maybe at some point, there's uh yeah, maybe. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Could be that could be cool. Just in case anyone you know who does want to accessible. Peek in. Yeah. yeah, we love we love accessibility here. Uh, all right, cool. Well, thank you all so much for uh, for tuning in. Uh, I'll share. I'll be sure to share some of uh, uh Fernando's um you know, whatever social or anything else he wants me to put up uh, at the time of this, uh, at the time when this episode is released. Um, That way you can uh, keep up to with what he's got going on uh, as well as checking out his, uh, his thesis performance uh, out in April of this year. Uh, So thank y'all so much for tuning in. Uh, If you haven't already, please uh, follow, like subscribe. I don't know all the socials you'll you'll see them I don't I don't know what the kids are doing these days you know uh- <laughs> more and more there's more and more every day and, I but I'll say that thank you so much for having me I've been meaning to do this for such a long time because listen I could talk for wrestling for days and I have very little people right. in my life that I can do that like sometimes uh, I'm talking about wrestling with my girlfriend and I get too excited and she's like you know I don't really like this right I'm just like being nice <laughs> listening to you and I'm like I know I know I know hey she's again one at some point that's a that's a that's a great partner to have who will even if they are not that's like my girlfriend whenever i talk about dragon ball z and, I, and she's like she's like okay 
<laughs> like she loves wrestling we watch wrestling together all the time um that's so but, nice uh, uh, yeah so that that part's nice but for some things i get i get the same exact reaction so i mean i i'm right there with you <laughs> all right and on that note y'all we're gonna go ahead and peace out thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one sounds great bye-bye thank you for having me